boys, 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 boys. Hey, that's an original for me, an original hot tune dropping right now. Let's hear it for me. I'm a boy. I'm Alex. That's not the beginning of the episode we're doing right now, is it? That's that's the the beginning. Well, in post we're gonna add more like music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some drums and uh, some auto drums? tune. We can e- auto tune that. EDM. Right? We'll add some EDM. Oh my god! All right, I'm Justin. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm Pete, and we are going to be talking about the boys, season three, episode six, Hero Gasm. So check that out on Prime Video if you haven't already, because we're going to jump into spoilers. But as you can probably tell from the title, we finally get a much dreaded slash anticipated event straight from the boys comics. It is oh, a full on soup orgy called Hero Gasm. But before we get there, there's a lot of stuff going on as Soldier Boy. Yeah, you has- know, Alex, that's. The salacious part, and I can see why you jumped right to that. There's a lot going on in this episode, in addition to the humping that you're so focused on. (laughs) So uh, let's get over that hump, or actually back to the beginning of that hump, if you will. And Soldier Mm -hmm. Boy is teaming up with Butcher and Huey. Starlight is not a big fan of that. And in fact, by the end of the episode, after teaming up with Mother's Milk to try to stop whatever they are going to do at Herogasm, she... Quits being Starlight and takes the truth to the world. Meanwhile, Homelander is completely shutting down, leading to a big fight between him, Butcher, Huey, and Soldier Boy that does not go that well for anybody. Um, Overall, it's a big, crazy episode of the show. I know I was talking past a lot of stuff there, a lot of different storylines, but there is a lot of talk about. So uh, why don't we get into it? Pete. You love the fucked up sex shit, so what did you think of this episode? Well, this was a big kind of event in the comics, so once I saw the title, I was like, oh, here we go. I mean, eventually we would have to deal with this at some (laughs) point, and so uh, here we go. Yeah, deal with it. I mean, it was a big part of the comic. It was a huge event. It was like its own spinoff series, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean... uh, uh, it wasn't like the fuck island like it was in the, uh, you know, the comic books. But, um, yeah, yeah, it happened. And there was a lot of like, you know, selfie camera confessions. And, of course, it started all off with the deep in the beginning who uh, set well, hold the tone. On, hold on, hold on. You love to do this thing where you're like, I've answered a question about one thing. Now I'm done talking about that. Let's move on to the beginning of the episode. And let me take it further. It's like. I've answered the question you asked me about the thing I don't want to talk about. Now I'm going to shift quickly uh, over to something I do want to talk about. Uh, but let Quick me say, uh, on the herogasm tip, uh, and I mean that. Oh, uh, come on, man. All, uh, it's come glory, on. The, uh, it's funny, in a, sh- in a show, in a series that is so good at just like having huge moments, huge action sequences, fights, and huge just like character payoffs, satirical takes on society. Herogasm felt oddly smaller than uh, yes. I thought it would. Okay, um, I was worried you guys were going to disagree and you were going to lump on me and being like, it needed more crazy sex. But like the fact that it was I mean, a 70s-style house party orgy, granted, plenty of gross stuff going on. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I was surprised it was not more wildly over the top. Particularly, we kicked off the season with a dude jumping at another dude's pee hole, that is way more insane than anything that happened in Hero Gas. Well, I mean, and the, uh, you know, Mother's Milk being attacked by the giant dick man was, 
you know, a lot. You know what I mean? So I'm glad uh, yeah. it was like, hey, there there's this kind of orgy going on, but there's also the story and everything else going on. So it was a fun I thought it was done really well and I was happy about the fact that we didn't I, have I, to get into well, all I, I like the episode. I thought it was a very yeah. fun episode and there were some great moments in here. The fight at the end was Awesome. Oh, so man. Kept just but there. I'm with Justin just in terms of there was all this buildup and even the way they're talking about it in the episode, like, ah, oh, Frenchies always wanted to see this. And <laughs> ultimately what they see is like, it's an orgy, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a regular old orgy. And that's the way it was. And like, I think that's fine. I think, um, you know, all the other characters, heroes and villains are busy, so they can't just be found at the orgy. And there's so much plot tied up in it. Like, I think in the comics, it is its own event, and the characters go there and stuff happens. In this, the characters have stuff happening, and it just happens to happen yeah. at a big old um, sex place. <laughs> a a rumpin' bump, as they say. A rumpin' bump? Yeah, um, well. But that said, yes, why don't we jump back to the beginning of the episode now that we have actually discussed it. That's how conversations work, Pete. Now you know. Uh, at the top of the video, nope. we get Not a true. parody of the Imagine video that Gal Gadot did back at the beginning of the pandemic with Such a bunch it. of comedians, uh, with them talking about the attack from a supervillain the last episode, even though they're downplaying it. At the same time, they're doing the bare minimum to reach out to everybody. Very fun little parody moment there. Oh my God, the cameos are just bananas. Great, great cameos. And I think it's starting to come into focus a little bit of uh, maybe the point of the season. We had the um, the uh, Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad from a couple episodes back. Like yeah. it feels like the sort of satirical canon this season is pointed at how everything in our culture runs through media. And uh, they've always been sort of after media, but I think, in other seasons, it was a little bit more about um, other things, more political things. This one, it feels like the target is like, this is how we deal with stuff, and it's wildly ineffective in every front, but it fe- everyone feels like something's been done when everything is only getting worse. And I think that's a cool, I like that as a spot. And they always on this show, show and don't tell in the best way. I will say, not to be a dissenting opinion here, even though this was a fun moment, I do think things that you're bringing up, like this Imagine video that we kicked off the episode with, and like the Kendall Jenner thing, they are specific parody points versus satire, and I've liked the show better when it's leaned into overall broader media satire. I actually think it's more pointed when it's doing that versus reproducing something in the world of the boys, because... I guess it takes me out of it a little bit. It makes me think of like, yes, that is how I felt when I was watching the Imagine Gail Godot video versus this is the general thing that they're doing. Like, I think A-Train's storyline, as we've been talking about it, does a much better job of really pointing these out, these things, without being specific about any one thing versus these specific things that seem hooked into these things from the real world. Well, but I think because I I agree with you, I I love the satire in the show, but I do think because we're sort of a wash in it and they're sort of tackling all of these accumulated issues in this show that are also in our world, toxic masculinity, um, uh, conspiracy theories, um, being told everything's okay by people you can't trust, like all these issues, we're just a wash in it. But I so I do think like these parodies give us the reference point that sort of sharpen it. A little bit here, uh, despite the fact that there's no, it is just a parody. 
I think it does give us like just something to hold on to when we're awash in all of these bad people doing bad things. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Uh, well, that said, we jump then over to a Homelander who is completely freaking out here. We talked about this in a previous episode, but I think Stan Edgar seems to have been right on the money in terms of like, yeah, good luck. Good luck running the company, buddy. Yeah. Um, I love how they're playing this and how effectively this is completely stimmied and completely neutered Homelander here. I, I, this did not go in the direction I expected. It feels very organic. Um, I think an easier way to go would be Homelander being Homelander and murdering a bunch of people. But even though I don't know how this ties to the whole toxic masculinity, men's rights thing that we were kind of introduced at the beginning of the season. I do think of this middle chunk here, they're doing a really good job of playing this out through the Homelander character. Yeah, the stress that he's going through is intense. Uh, I mean, it is a little weird with the, you know, talking to yourself in the mirror, kind of split personality uh, kind of thing that we've seen a bunch in superhero stuff. But I think it's also, you know, commenting on that, so it's fun. Uh, but I mean, the the acting in this episode is even though there's crazy sex party stuff, the stuff where like Mother's Milk is crying when Homelander is really pulling off this like I'm, you know, all the all the emotions. I'm scared. I, you know, I'm a fraud. I think that this is like I'm in too deep, but uh, I'm still fucking Homelander and kind of having this split personality like tough guy, I'll take over you kind of a thing that uh, we've seen before. And, uh, you know, uh, so, I mean, this is, you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, the more you kind of work up this ladder of like the, I want to be in charge, you know, once you're up there, you kind of realize like, yo, it blows up here. You know, I was having much more fun <laughs> when yeah. I wasn't running shit. So, uh, I think it's an interesting, interesting take, but, uh, the cast is really, uh, flexing on us and, and showing, uh, some really amazing chops here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you can speak to that from experience, Pete, from those couple weeks you ran Tesla. <laughs> how stressful that was for you yeah yeah it's a it's a lot man uh yeah great but really really great work <laughs> no detail. you're the one that designed the truck that looks like a tetris piece hey come on man that was kind of, i mean if you saw i feel like the that's a perfect example it's like when homer was in charge of making a car and he put all these specific details in there that he loved and ended up costing millions and millions of dollars and it's kind of like you know uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes like that, you know. And just to be clear, you hold Homer Simpson up as your main business uh, sort of hero. Yeah, I mean, it's upsetting if you're not near a bush and you need to disappear. But other than that, I mean, he's his advice has been spot on. Yeah, there's no better skill in business than slowly vanishing out of a meeting into uh, <laughs> any sort of shrubbery. Yeah, um, exactly. Talking about Homelander, like uh, I agree, like. Butcher Butcher's arc this season is like finding something that can kill Homelander, his weakness, and he's trying to like beat him uh, with force. When I think Homelander's found his own weakness, it is mm -hmm. like doing anything that isn't like murdering people, like being in charge, <laughs> being being in the spotlight that he's not in control of is his Achilles heel and it's killing him here. You see it like he's freaking out, he has this sort of the mirror moment and I think the the Homelander in the mirror is the like you know, uh, all go, no stop, like uh, st erect dick 
Homelander that he used to be, and he's trying to harden up this this weaker Homelander who's appearing here, and it's not working. And I feel like we're going to get – he's going to go too far into the men's rights thing is my prediction because that, that has been sort of boiling with him, and you see it a little bit in his interview with Starlight where he just goes after the poor news anchor. And he's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And like, he, he's gonna, he's he's tipping his hand too hard. And then at the end of the episode, he's knows he's about to be killed, and he runs. He doesn't face the, the one thing he's never done is run. Yeah, well, that ties in really nicely, I think, to his reaction to Soldier Boy, which it is tying into this idea of like he exactly what you're saying, Justin, that he's not at the center of the spotlight, and he knows if Soldier Boy is bad, even if Soldier Boy is blowing stuff up. Everybody's going to focus on Soldier Boy instead of him. And I think that's ultimately what scares him, is this guy coming back and being like, wow, this is the original hero. And that takes so much away from him. That's the thing that's really knocking him down. Um, And I love that take, too, because Soldier Boy doesn't even care. Like He doesn't even know who he is. Right. He's like, sure, I'll kill you. I'll kill anybody. It's fine. Like He's so focused on his mission to take out his team, payback, that Homelander is just side of this side thing, and that makes it even worse for Homelander. So love the way they like that. Yeah. Um, Also, speaking of Soldier Boy, I love all the stuff that happens here, like all uh, all the horrible, horrible things he says. He asked for, I think he asked for, where's the chop suey sauce? And and Huey's like, they don't make that anymore. He says, why? And he says, many, many good reasons. Yeah. There's also, I think, the, a line later on about Bill Cosby making really strong drinks. Well, that whole thing Bill where Cosby like, thing Bill Cosby was, so was like, oh, my God. It was just, I mean, what a, I mean, as far as a writing standpoint, a tip of the hat to somebody who's been out of the game where he's like, Bill Cosby's an American hero. He's America's, America's dad. dad. And um, then the reveal, like just the sideline of like, man, he makes strong drinks. Where Huey's face of like realizing like, oh, no, just. Uh, yeah. Just even hysterical. though Huey is doing some pretty terrible stuff this episode and just in general this season, I think his reactions, Jack Quaid's reactions are still so good. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where uh, watching the downfall of Huey in this season is rough. I mean, you go from somebody who is like a perfect fit for Starlight and somebody who like really is helping and there for Starlight and then watching him, you know, power corrupting like we're Mm -hmm. seeing happen with Homelander where Huey is getting a taste of being the guy who can save the day and it's ruining his relationship because... He cares more about saving her than what she actually wants. Yeah, I I like how they're playing this as well. And I do think, to get back to this theme that we've been kind of skirting with, I do think it ties into the whole men's rights things in a certain way of Huey, you know, outright saying this. But the idea being like, I... I want, I do want that power. Like, I do want to be the central role of this relationship. I want to be the man in the relationship. And Annie is like, I don't need that. Like, I'm not trying to flex my power. I'm not trying to flex my muscles or anything like that. I'm just being myself. And that's exactly what the discussion is in society, is Huey fighting against this ingrained idea of what a man is supposed to be in a relationship, while Annie is already evolved. She has moved beyond that. She is embodying feminism here and the idea that women are their own creatures with their own wants and needs, which is so hard for so many men to understand in a 
totally crazy way, honestly. Well, and, and the sad, the extra yeah. sad part is like, yeah, they and it's were... also like one of those things where it's like, it gets to a point where it's frustrating when you're like, these two just need to really sit down and talk, you mm-hmm. know, like they right. need to uh, just kind of have a real conversation because, uh, you know, like they're, yeah, they're just bumping heads right now and, and not talking things out. So it's starting to get frustrating, but it's also they're bumping stuff. heads when they should be bumping uglies. Right, Pete? Um, no, yeah. no. I just feel like they need to. Right. Do you, you guys, know, have you guys gone to the doctor out. and had your uglies checked lately? <laughs> I always, in any circumstance, I always yeah. refer to my genitals as the uglies. Yes. Oh wow. I, I mean, I'm at the age where I got to get my uglies checked at least once a year by the doctor. You know. <laughs> wow. I, I'm starting to worry my uglies are getting uglier <laughs> as you get older. Yeah. But, when, when you're younger, they're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Bumping beauties? Is that what they call it? Bumping beauties. Yeah, let's be a little more positive, Alex. Yeah. We're bumping beauties. You're right. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but a little a note on that. The sad part on uh, <laughs> Huey and Starlight, not on Uglies. Sure. Uh, Glad to is, hear it. Sad <laughs> news for Uglies today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what is happening? Justin, talk, please. Um, yes. Uh so I got sent a couple ugly pics on the subway. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Oh, oh you, you don't need to talk about Starlight. Starlight. My, my, my bad, my bad. Um, the, um, the Huey-Starlight relationship, because they it felt like they were past it. And I think that's what is especially upsetting for Annie. She's like, dude, what, this has never been an issue. And all, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it is now that you're like doing this drug that uh, Hopped up on hypes B. you up. It's like it, – it, so that's what I think really um, – really gets her down and it's also you can see Huey in that conversation being like I feel I can't believe I'm saying this but he does feel it and it's not even to me about like he needs to be particularly a man he just needs to not be he's feeling emasculated Mm -hmm. by Annie's power and it's it's embarrassing well the thing is it's on him right it's not actually on her and he is putting it on her he is forcing his will on her and that's where he's making the uh, mistake just one little thing I thought just like metaphorically the fact that both of them were naked when they finally have that discussion was just a smart level of like yeah, this is we're finally going to have this conversation that's been bubbling below the surface. I, I also, sorry, the last thing I wanted to say is real quick. I appreciate the fact that they also haven't broken up. Like, yeah, they're yeah. still going to deal with this in a relationship, and I think that's a really smart thing because I think a lesser show or a more soap opera inclined show would be having them break up again. But here, they're still a couple, and they're going to have to deal with this. Go ahead. All right, so I want to go back. Yo, I, I didn't think you I want would to talk say about this. the uglies thing again. Ugly no, stuff. no, uh, I didn't think I would say this, but great use of nudity. Um, like the fact that uh, Huey's power, like it was this funny moment of like, oh, of course, if he gets her out of there, they're now both nude. But the fact that that's not what the conversation is about, it's about this thing of like, uh, you know, their relationship and being naked in front of each other and talking about their actual feelings and what's going on. So it was really great, but also hilarious that like, uh, you know, Huey can't really go anywhere nude, but he could show up to an orgy and walk around and look, mm-hmm. uh, you that know, look for that. <laughs> so it was like, oh, this, this actually works here. And, uh, and you know, that whole, yeah. But uh, I feel know. like real quick on that, I feel like you see Jack Quaid play that where he appears in the, in the, in Herogasm naked and he like looks around real quick and he's like, oh, great. 
that worked out. I we mentioned Mother's Milk earlier, and I really mm-hmm. like the arc that we're playing here. We get a big Drax Ronin in Guardians of the Galaxy moment with him, where he finally confronts Soldier Boy, and he's like, "You killed your my family," and Soldier Boy is like, "Which one?" Which yeah. completely deflates yeah. him. Uh, he can't we hear even, the story yeah. too for the first time, which is yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. That, the grandpa. Oh man, yeah. Throwing the car through just, the window, yeah. Oh. It's it's also I mean, interesting to me though, like the when in, I love the the mother's milk Annie sort of team up in this episode and how like they're the last actual boys left because <laughs> everyone else is uh, gone against the the philosophy of it. Um, when it's also his origin story as mother's milk, like yeah. his meticulous anxiety driven uh, like obsession was that in that moment he said he says it he's like that's why i have to you know check the locks uh, you know turn the locks and all the sort the of burners the burners yeah the ocd stuff like it's because of he feels the guilt that he got his grandfather yeah. killed in this moment well yeah the, the paying attention being aware of the details paying attention to details i mean the the yeah the mother's milk is amazing this i also really love mother's milk and starlight together um but to kind of, you know, you guys know I love cars and I feel like, you know, if you're going to die, that's an amazing way to go, right? You looking out a window and a giant Lincoln comes through the window and kills you. I mean, that's just, that's just nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to Your go. last word is going to be cool. Look at this. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's nice. And I'll try to work that out for you. You just let me know when I should do <laughs> it. Great. Great. Yeah. It's going to be hard, but I'll make it happen. Yeah, I thought that was good. I I mean, if they can chuck pumpkins, I mean, Lincolns have got to be next, right? What? What? You know, you, have you seen those pumpkin chucking uh, machines that they oh, have? Oh, pu- a pumpkin chucker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can do that with a Lincoln, right? Uh, sure. I don't know if you've ever ridden in a pumpkin in a, like a Cinderella type fashion, <laughs> but they're actually much easier to throw than a car. Okay. You ever seen Smashing Pumpkins? Successful band in the 90s. <laughs> Smashing Lincoln? Lincolns? Not great. Not yep. so much. Uh, yeah. Why don't we move on and well, talk? I do have something. Oh, yes, let's talk, let's, let's talk about um, Starlight. We talked about sort of half of her arc in this episode. And then the other half, she comes clean. She releases a video that Mother's Milk tapes at the end of the episode. And I think the way she gets there, she has this conversation with Newman where Newman's like very casually like, yeah, I'm the killer. You know Newman. it. I know it. Which I. I thought that was such a cool move on the part of the show. Like the first part of the season was like obsessed with Huey knowing this thing, but not being able to deal with it. And they just literally wash away Huey's main plot because Huey's moved on to being a drug addict to V24. (laughs) But so like, I thought that was just like such a smart writing choice and the way they move through story on the show is, is really cool. But I also think the Huey, the problems they're having in their relationship is also what's feeding her. Like, Annie doesn't have any sort of tether. Huey was her tether and why she loves him. She, like, was the only person she could trust. And when that's starting to waver, she's like, you know what? What am I doing any of this for? Fuck all this. And she blows it all up, which I thought was what this show always is just smashing all the, the foundation that seems to support it. Another thing that I thought was really interesting about that move is much less this season, but last season Newman was kind of the AOC stand-in. And if you are setting up this sort of thing of like Homelander is Trump, which they've been doing very, very specifically here. In this episode, we talked about the 
interview section, but I, I think he calls the interviewer nasty woman or something like that, which is straight up a Trump line. We've had that happen several times. To have Newman inspire Starlight to do this very AOC move of like, yeah, the government isn't telling you what's going on. I'm going to tell you what's going on straight up to social media. I thought it was interesting to take that off of Newman and put it into Starlight. So I wonder if there was a version of the script where Newman and Annie actually did team up in some sort of fashion and maybe a change right. to pivot it towards Annie. But I don't know. Whatever it is, I agree with you. I think it's a good move for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did want to kind of talk about uh, Huey confronted. You know, we talked about people confronting things. Uh, Huey confronted A-Train in the uh, Herogasm. And uh, it was interesting. Like, you know, they do a great job with A-Train of him being like not being able to have like emotions or be, you know, he's very kind of like... Uh, superficial in ways so the fact that like even when he was trying to sound sincere by saying I'm sorry it was funny he was doing like different takes of it I thought it was like I thought it was a cool small uh, great moment between those two characters Um, but yeah well and I also think like um, it's I don't know if he died at the end of this episode or not it certainly felt like a death scene Mm -hmm. mm-hmm So I I guess we'll see, but either way, the fact that he seems to be, the fact that he apologizes to Huey shows growth, even though it was a struggle for him to do it. And then he tries to do the right thing with Blue Hawk by murdering him in a horrifying way. Well, yeah, I mean, if you've got running powers, you're going to drag somebody, you know, on the road while you run, right? I don't know. I guess that probably wouldn't be my first thing. Mm -hmm. If I was going to go, I'd probably want a car to fly through my window. Like, that's the way I'd want to go. Not being dragged on the road like a car. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, a lot of we speak. Life and death is really just uh, about the car. Would it, would, do you have a car you'd like thrown at you, Alex? I'm just making a list. Oh, great. <laughs> great question. Probably a Tesla. Oh, wow. Because I'd be like, oh, Pete designed that right before I died. <laughs> what a nice last thought. What a yes. testament to your friend. I do want to mention one other thing in the A-Train storyline, which was, I think, my favorite moment in the episode and maybe my favorite moment of the Ashley? season. Ashley, yeah, yeah, is Ashley telling off A-Train for wanting justice for Blue Hawk, getting so worked up, she tears a chunk of her own hair out, and Colby Midifini's reaction, the way that she delivered the line, oh, fuck, I, yeah. I can't reproduce it, yeah. so good, made yeah. me laugh out loud, like such an unexpected delivery there that only she could do, amazing. Yeah, She is so good, like I love at the top of the episode, she's in full, like, um, red and white stripes. She's mm-hmm. basically wearing Homelander, a suit mm-hmm. made out of Homelander's cape <laughs> in <laughs> such a funny, small way. And I think, I, I've said this prediction earlier, like she's the new Stan Edgar, but she's like bad at it in crazy ways. And it makes for a fun, um, just her being in this leadership role. But she actually matches Homelander's energy as a leader in a good way too. It was uh, it was a freaky, amazing moment for sure that only the boys could kind of hap- have happened. Uh, I just don't want to uh, lose Ashley. I love Ashley as a character, and I also like Ashley's Ashley, and we didn't get much of that, and I'm hoping that doesn't go away. Oh, I think Ashley's here for the long haul. Yeah. the uh, Let's jump over and talk about Kamiko and Frenchie, because that's a big oh, storyline as well. Over the course of the episode, Kamiko is waiting for Frenchie after their kiss, and he disappeared. Little Nina kidnaps all of them, does the classic, decide which one is going to die, Cherie or Kamiko. Ultimately, Kamiko goes nuts, kills 
everybody and realizes, at least according to her, she was the monster all the time. She was never actually a good person. Um, so disagree. Disagree. Take it away, Pete. Why do you disagree? Well, I just think that uh, I didn't mean to interrupt your no, monologue no. there. I was just trying to throw some su- uh, support there. But I, yeah, I just think that she has been a really nice thing for Frenchie and helping him kind of not be such a douchebag all the time and listen to EDM and different kinds of music and, you know, kind of experience life more. Uh, but also, like, they were great to, uh, together and hopefully will be great together. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I can understand why she thinks she's a monster, but I disagree, and I don't think she's a monster. I thought this was such a thrilling action sequence. It was so stressful. Oh, my God. It, this show, like, kills characters all the time. I was mm-hmm. like... And the way they... It was just written and shot where, like, truly, she, it was down to milliseconds away from her getting killed. And she, the way that she fights back was just so good. And sort of the way that Frenchie was shown to be, like, more of a weapon than he has been in sort of the series so far as well. Yeah. And there's also the dangling thing of Nina is still out there somewhere. So that's probably going to come back to haunt them eventually. What other storylines we talk about? We should probably mention Black Noir. There's only a little bit of him in this episode. But this this is a thing that breaks Homelander kind of is Black Noir betraying him, uh, which I think is just really interesting in terms of a character who doesn't say anything, setting up that relationship there and the way they play that out. You also get that totally gross scene of him ripping the tracking chip out and heading into the lady <laughs> in the elevator. <laughs> that was so amazing. But also just letting you know, like, kind of like how everything's coming together. I mean, Soldier Boy is this kind of non-killable thing that back Black Noir was like, oh, if he's back, fuck all this. I'm not safe. I'm out of here, which was such a smart move on his part uh, and such a hilarious uh, elevator scene. I mean, you want to talk about awkward elevator stuff. I mean, that's got to be top 10 for sure. In that woman's life, you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, she was in the uh, movie Devil at a night shop. Oh, okay. Well, it's still top 10. I mean, that's one. It's going to be two. You have 10 hellish... Elevator stories? A full Dude, the elevators are the worst. You fucking kidding me? What? What? In what way? I find them not like. Have you tried stairs? Oh my god! Do you remember there was like this huge blackout one time, and I was in an elevator, and the doors closed, and the power went out, and I was it was still like open far enough where I could get out, but like people in a blackout, you're trapped for hours, maybe days. I mean, you got to be fucking kidding me, man! Days. Wow. <laughs> what are you in the first elevator? The Ridge? Yeah. You know, the Otis original. Otis. Wow. Everybody drop your favorite elevator brand in the comments because you know (laughs) we're talking about Otis. We're Otis heads on this. Uh, We should also mention The Deep, who has some stuff going on this episode. He seems to be building up some friction with his wife, I would venture. Oh, man. Well, he's cheating on her with any any sort of... Squid, he can get his. Little I mean, is up. that cheating? You don't know. They don't. We don't know if that's in their relationship. If it's open. If it's Fair. not. He's yeah. playing it like cheating, and not in this yeah. episode, mm-hmm. but a couple back when he was having sex with his wife, but talking to the <laughs> squid in the tank line him or octopus, whatever. Um, uh, octopod, some sort of octopod. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I always say, don't octopus until you're octopus. You know what I'm talking <laughs> oh about? My God. You do say that a lot, and honestly, yeah. most times it doesn't track. 
Yeah. And really by the way, I want to clarify what I'm talking about oh. bumping ugly is I'm talking about fucking an octopus. Yeah. And that's where sort of the term makes a little bit more sense, not a to shame your, your taste in, <laughs> sure. in octopus. But yeah, not, uh, not a traditionally octopus. beautiful uh, creature. Yeah. That's, I don't. Is this a good time to plug my new Netflix documentary, My Octopus Friends with Benefits? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the, sort of the subtitle of the oh, last okay. one. Okay. Um, Netflix uh, changed it to T-shirt. I want a T-shirt uh, of you that says, I rock the puss. That's what I want. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We have Rough Risers T-shirts are on sale at comicbookclub.threadless.com. I am not making that shirt. Risers. That's my line. Uh, That's my line. Do you think Black Noir ran? Or yeah. is he doing a side, does he have like a, a plan? Mm. I, I feel like side mission, right? No, I'm he's curious, getting the I fuck think, out. And Homelander is, was like, he ran and betrayed me. But mm. Black Noir's whole thing is like showing up and murdering someone and being like, oh, <laughs> right. Well, he's, the whole time. he's making moves so he can't be tracked. So maybe he can go on the offensive. But yeah, uh, yeah right now he just got the fuck out of there, which was smart. Um, and I do think we haven't actually talked about the hero gasm as just a set piece for the show. Um, and despite the fact that it just. Exists exists in the show as not a big thing. I do think it was is cool and well done. Like we get the uh, um, love sausage at the door. Um, Starlight's little bit about not getting mother's milk in the door. She's like nom nom nom. Like I oh was yeah, that super <laughs> funny. Um, they got the the way they got that that man's penis on fire. I thought was very cool. Um, the guy making an ice dildo. The sushi tray that was being passed around. I was like, great, great joke. And then uh, Mother's Milk getting a full spray down. Yeah. That, very yeah, gross. That was very gross. gross. I also, uh, you know, they underplayed them a little bit, but the TNT twins were still fun in a very weird, potentially ancestral way, whatever was going on there. Uh, just having them in the background. I like the throwback TV show that they played with Soldier Boy, yeah, their whole that thing that was going on in the background about like taping people or not taping people. Um, and ultimately, they're dead. They blew up. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's funny, like the sort of the dark, darkest version of the Wonder Twins from DC mm-hmm. Comics. I yeah. Think it's really fun there. Um, the one, a couple of the lines to shout out, um, call A-Train calling Huey Pornhub, I thought was fun. <laughs> um, oh, and one of the, and oh, the Vought images instead of Getty images, I thought was cool yeah, as well. Yeah, was funny. Thing. Um, but I, I, I want to talk about, we haven't talked about Butcher at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do the we think fight. the point here is? Like, he is fully embarrassing. He's fully, like, given over everything that he believes in for this power to, quote unquote, take down Homelander. That's his goal, but he's obsessed with the power. Mm-hmm. But he, at the top of the episode, when he and Soldier Boy and Huey are talking, like, he's embarrassing. He's not at all a badass. And I feel like they've just undercut all of that purposefully wow. in, a, in a good way to really show him. At his worst. Yes, I agree with that. But also, like, that fight sequence was badass when, you know, like, Homelander thinks he's dead. And then he's like, oi! And then it's a fucking, like, Superman versus Superman kind of battle. I mean, that was badass. But, yeah, him as uh, kind of uh, human, him and Huey have just kind of corrupted each other. And they've gone way off the deep end. Um, it'll be interesting to see now that this has failed, what's that going to mean for everybody? Uh, but it's total chaos, but yeah, it's, it's 
very interesting to see kind of butcher out of his uh, depth here as to as to what he uh, can do and can't do. Well, I think it's like we've been talking about the temporary V and V in general just sort of makes you more yourself. And with Huey, that's insecurity about his masculinity, which is always bubbling below the surface. And I think intellectually, he's able to tamp down that emotional side of him when he doesn't have the V and he's not when he is on the V. And I think for Butcher, it's the same thing. He was slowly becoming more human and more understanding through knowing Huey, through knowing Annie, through knowing everybody involved in the boys. And then ultimately what the V is doing is it's amping up the vengeful side of him, the part that's like scarged earth. You know, they say that towards the end of the episode, that's the deal that he and Homelander made. And it's just pushing on that aspect of him really, really hard in a very, to your point, Justin, very sad way, you know? Yeah. Um, any other moments from the episode that you guys want to call out in particular? Great. Ep- I can't believe there's only two left. Yeah. Oh, man. Wild. I don't know how that's going to all go down. Why yeah. don't we do who was best boy this episode then? Justin, who was best boy? Uh, it's always tough on this show because the performances are so good and so balanced, but I'm going to give it up for Aaron Moriarty as Starlight. I thought um, her ability to sort of navigate all of this and see her like suffering, see her like out of ideas and then to make a strong choice like she does at the end of the episode, I thought was cool. I just wanted to say as far as like other scenes, I want to talk about Starlight being like to Newman, like either pop my head off or get the fuck out of here was such a kind of like badass, you know, even yeah. though she's going through so much, she's still like, you know, a badass uh, Starlight. So that was cool. Uh, for me, I got to say Mother's Milk, man, like that whole uh, him crying in the car with Starlight there and all that kind of stuff was really emotional. And the fact of like he kind of got saved twice, you know, once by Butcher, who was like, dude, do not go at Soldier Boy. And then later by Starlight, uh, you know, that was not going to end well. So, um, yeah, but man, what an episode. I'm going to give it up to Soldier Boy this episode just because this is the first real episode mm. we saw, saw him let loose. Oh, you liked his takes on society? Is that I thought what they you were liked? interesting, and he had some oh, good yeah. points. Yeah. Oh, yeah? No, I think Judson Ackles did a great job here in being perfectly reprehensible and gross the entire episode. The lines, like we talked about, were so precise. The action sequence of him versus Homelander was absolutely killer, so... I know people have been waiting a really long time to see what he could do, and they've been very much slow playing it, but this is the one that really blew the doors off, and I thought they nailed it. So there you go. If you would like to support this show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the boys. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show here at number four, the boys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, boys, 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 boys. Rock the puss. I'll put the, I'll put the stuff after it. Nice. Keep those ugly, uglies bumping, you punkin' chunkers. (laughs) 